We started two weeks ago, we started Psalm 91, and this psalm, I believe, was uh, written and uh, uh, authored by Moses. Of course, all scripture is given by inspiration of God, but I believe Moses was the human author. Uh, Psalm 90 and 91 have both been attributed to Moses. Psalm 91, verse 1, we saw the dwelling place. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High, that is the supreme God, the lofty one. Uh, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. That name of God Almighty is the name El Shaddai, which means the most powerful God. You know, Moses was confident, even though they were in the wilderness, even though they did not have an army, even though they were surrounded with the unknowns of the wilderness and all they had was tents and all they had was uh, uh, just a, a group of people who were, were nomads who were wandering through the wilderness. But Moses was confident because he knew where he was dwelling. He was dwelling in the secret place. He was dwelling under the shadow of the almighty God. And friend, that's the safest place in the world to be. It doesn't matter um, what the doctor says. Um, What matters is what God knows. It doesn't matter what the bank account may be. It matters that God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Doesn't matter how bad it seems. It doesn't matter how many enemies you think you have or you maybe really do have. Because when we are protected by Almighty God, there's nothing that can touch us that does not first go through the hand of God. Moses uh, mentioned the dwelling place. We see the deity, number two. We talked about that two weeks ago. Then we saw the deliverance. Moses said, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. He is my God and him will I trust. I'm glad for deliverance from God. Then we see the dangers. Verse three, surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and the noise and pestilence. Yeah, there are dangers, and yes, there are difficulties, but many of those things, they don't even get close to us because God protects us, and God uh, God clears the way, and He clears the path ahead of us. We see the dependence, verse 4. Moses said, He shall cover thee with His feathers, and under His wings shalt thou trust. We see the dependence on God, verse 5. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor the destruction that wasteth at noonday. We ended the uh, lesson, the message two weeks ago. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Remember, we had our, our dear brothers uh, right down here, Brother Dan and Brother Greg and Uh, Mark and uh, Joseph were down here and they were surrounding and I had people on all four corners and I thought I said hey this represents the enemy this represents the enemies that you and I face but when we have the Lord on our side doesn't matter how many enemies you have doesn't matter how big they are doesn't matter how strong they are it doesn't matter uh, uh, how ferocious they may seem even Satan himself walketh about as a roaring lion But can I tell you, God already has the victory over Satan. God already has the victory over our enemies. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Verse 8, only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. You will not only see your deliverance, you'll not only see victory for yourself, but you will see that the wicked will get what's coming to them. 
Now, I'll tell you, that doesn't always happen right away. Sometimes it seems like the wicked prosper, doesn't it? Sometimes it, thinks, it seems like the people that lie, they get away with it. Sometimes the people that cheat and the people that steal, seems like they're the ones that get the promotions and they're the ones that get the advancements. But I got news for you. God's going to settle that score. And there will not be any sin or any wickedness that will go by without God knowing and without God dealing with that. God is the righteous judge and he will set the record straight and he will settle the score. I want to pick up verse number nine. I see as Moses continues in talking about God and how God protected him, we see in verse number nine, we see Moses' decision. Notice what it says in verse number nine, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high, thy habitation. The decision here that Moses made, he said, I'm going to make God, I'm going to make Jehovah God my refuge. He's the one I'm running to when I get in trouble. I'm not going to Facebook. I'm not going to the next door neighbor. I'm not going to the coworker. I'm not going to the, the, the neighbor across the street, although those people may help you. But that's not your refuge. And that's not my refuge. And that's not the place we ought to go when we get in trouble. It should not be a, a 911. I got to call my best friend. No, it ought to be, Lord, I need you. I'm in trouble. I'm in a mess. And the decision that Moses made, he said, I'm making the Lord. I'm making Jehovah my refuge. He is my habitation. Notice verse number nine. That word habitation is the same word that is used in Psalm 90 verse one, where it says, Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place. Moses said, I'm going to live with God. I'm going to dwell with God. I'm going to stay with God. Doesn't matter what happens. Doesn't matter how bad it gets. I'm not running. I'm not bolting. I'm not escaping. I am staying with God. He's the one I'm trusting in. That's a good choice. It's a good choice to say, I'm dwelling. I'm living. I'm staying with God. I trust him. And I believe that he's able to see me through. Physically, we may be limited. I think about maybe some folks in here and you maybe you live in a place and if you had your choice, maybe you would move to a bigger place. Maybe some in this room say, I'd like to move to a smaller place. I'd rather not have all the utility bills. I'd rather not have all the, uh, the, the, the lawn mowing and all the yard work. And I'd rather not have that. Some of you'd say, I'd like to move to the country. Some of you say, I'd like to move to the city. We didn't get any amens on that. We had amens for the country. But some of you say, I'd like to move to a different part, or I'd like to move a little closer to work, or I'd like to move here. I'd like to move there. And physically, we are limited sometimes in where we could live. My wife and I, and I'll, uh, Savannah's not in here, so I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the story about her. I don't know what I'm going to do when the girls start staying in church on Sunday nights. Most of my illustrations will be out the window. But um, uh, we love our place. And we live right down here on Lakeview Drive. Literally, we, walk, like, we walked home from church by myself and two of the girls did. And I walked back this afternoon. And it's, it's, I, we love it. Out of the blue, uh, probably a couple weeks ago, three or four weeks ago, Savannah said, Dad, do you think we can move to the country? Oh, me, I don't want to move to the country. 
We've got enough just trying to keep our yard up and keep our house up. And we're not moving to the country. We're not doing the Bybee thing, the Bybee family farm. We're not going that route. And I said, Savannah, why would you want to move to the country? I said, we've got a beautiful house and we've got a yard and we live so close to the church and it's so wonderful and it's so easy. And she said, Dad, we can't have horses where we live. And I said, you are exactly right. We can't have horses. And boy, I'm so disappointed about that. Rats. Too bad. And she said, but could we move to the country so we could have horses? I said, Savannah, I said, we're not moving to the country. But I said, you're in good shape because the Bybees have already said on multiple occasions, they have already volunteered and said, if you get a horse, they'll let you keep it at their house. Now, I'm not making that offer to everybody in the church that if anybody gets a horse, but they've made that offer to us and we, we probably will take them up on that one of these days. But I love where we live. I, I love it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't choose to live somewhere else. But physically, maybe you'd rather live a little closer, a little further, a little more here or there. And maybe it's out of your control. Maybe with your job, you can't move to a certain spot or maybe with uh, schools or maybe with just the cost or finances. But I want to tell you, every one of us spiritually, we can choose where we live. We can choose where we dwell. We can live on the winning side and we can live in the presence of God and we can live in the Bible and we can live in prayer or we can live in discouragement or we can live on the television or live on the internet or we can live uh, in the, 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 the group of people that are always negative and always critical. No, thank you. I don't want any part of that. I want to dwell with God. I want to dwell in the secret place of the Most High. But that's a decision that you have to make. That's a decision you can make. You see, you can talk to God as much as you choose to talk to Him. Remember the old cell phones when you only had a certain number of minutes? And after you ran out of those minutes, you know, the daytime minutes, you had to wait till after 9 or 10 o'clock at night and nights and weekends were free. And boy, if you used up too many minutes during the day, it was an arm and a leg. I can't talk anymore. Hey, there's no limit to how much you can talk to the Lord. You can talk to Him every day. You can talk to Him multiple times. You can pray. You can call upon Him anytime you want. You can hear from Him as often as you want. There's no limit. Uh, our, our girls have these little, little tablet things, and we've got them, restrictions and all that. There's time limits. And there's times when it's, oh, ran into our time limit, and we'll say, well, sorry, maybe tomorrow, you know, not anymore today. But there's no time limit on how much you can read the Bible. There's not a chapter limit. Uh, nowhere does it say, thou shalt not read more than one chapter a day. Thou shalt not read more than three verses a day. You can read as much as you want. You can hear from God. I've got good news for you. You can come to church. And you can come Sunday school and Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night and hear the preaching and you can study the Bible and you can get in the Word of God as much as you choose. But it's a decision. Moses made the decision. He said, I have made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, my habitation. Notice number seven. It's found in verse 10. Moses talks about his defense. He says in verse 10, there shall no evil befall thee. The word evil is adversity or affliction. He said, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague, a plague is a disease, neither shall any disease come nigh thy dwelling. Moses said, the reason that the evil and the reason that the plagues don't come near you is because you have a defense system. 
You have a protection. You are defended against those things. And by the way, I'm thankful we have a defense. I'm thankful that we have walls of protection. I'm thankful we have levels of security and protection in our lives. But I'm certainly thankful that God has given us some levels of protection against the devil. You say, Pastor, how is it possible? Because we all know that we face problems, right? I mean, we, we, we do face, let's just be honest, we have burdens. We have difficulties. We have those things. So, so how can we say as a Christian that, that those things are not going to come near us and those things aren't going to affect us? Well, I'll tell you this, for the Christian who is dwelling in the secret place, everything that comes and everything that touches us, God has intended it for our good. And it may be a problem, and it may be a difficulty, and it may be a burden, but what someone else, what the devil meant for evil, God meant it for good. What you would look at as a burden, God could turn that into a blessing. What you saw as a problem, God takes that and turns that into potential for you to be used for His glory. You see, everything that we face is for our good and for His glory. God's people were in Egypt. They were under the affliction and they were under the persecution of the Egyptians. But the Bible says this, the more they afflicted them, the more they grew. You see, for the children of Israel, the persecution was meant to hurt them, but the persecution actually strengthened them. You know what's one of the best things in the life of a Christian? It's called trials. Now, I don't like trials. I'll be honest with you. I don't like trials. I don't sign up for them. But did you know when trials come, trials get you closer to God? You know when problems come, it causes you to rely upon the Lord? Uh, I, I, I hate it for this, this fact, but I love it overall. But there are many times where people will be out of church. And many times they get out of church when things are going good. I'm too busy for church. My job's good, my finances are good, my family's good, uh, I've got this vacation place and I got this hobby and I got all this. I don't have time for God. But you know, it's amazing when the problems come, they'll say, Pastor, what are we going to do? And I'll tell you what you do. You get back in church and you get back in the Bible and you get back to where God had you. And that trouble, that trial may be the greatest thing that ever happened to you. Paul was persecuted. But God used that persecution for churches to be started. The early church was persecuted, but the gospel spread. Jesus was crucified. But although Satan meant that for evil, can I tell you, God meant that for good. We have salvation because Jesus was nailed to a cross. John the Baptist was beheaded. The apostle John was exiled, but God can take the bad and turn it into good. God can take your tears and bring joy. God can take your burdens and turn them into blessings, and God can take our hurts and turn them into helps. Notice verse number 11. It says, For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. That word keep is literally the word we use the terminology of, of building a hedge of protection around something. That is literally what that word keep means. And the angels, they protect us, they keep us, they, they build a hedge around us. This passage in verse number 11 and verse 12, this is a passage that Satan 
quoted to Jesus when Jesus was in the wilderness being tempted. Remember, he took him up there on that, uh, 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 on that pinnacle and he said, cast thyself down uh, because you know the angels, they'll take charge concerning thee lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. This was a, a, a passage that Satan used, but I want to remind us that just because the angels are protecting us, that does not give us a license to act foolishly. That doesn't give us a license to act flippantly or carelessly. Just because the angel of the Lord is protecting you, that doesn't mean you need to go jump off a cliff. That doesn't mean you need to go out and drive on the road 120 miles an hour. Well, the angels are protecting me. Yeah, God gave you an angel to protect you, but he also gave you a brain. God also gave us a brain. It'd be good if we used it sometimes. Hebrews chapter 1. Hold your place in Psalm 91. Hebrews chapter 1. Notice what the Bible has to say. I'll give you a few verses quickly about angels. It says in Hebrews 1, in verse number 14, speaking of angels, verse 13, but to which of the angels said he at any time, sit on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. God didn't say that to angels. But verse 14, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister or sent forth to serve for them who shall be heirs of salvation? God has sent His angels to serve and to help us and to protect us, those of us who are saved. Genesis 32, the Bible says that Jacob uh, uh, was, was on his journey and the angels of God met him there. Wow, what a sight that must have been. As Jacob is on his journey and the angels of the Lord, they come and they meet him. And the Bible says that Jacob blessed the God of the host. God, he blessed the God of the angels. 2 Kings chapter 6, Elisha and his servant are in trouble. They're surrounded by an entire army. And the servant does what most of us would do. The servant panics. He goes into Elisha and he said, what are we going to do? Master, they've surrounded us. They've come to get us. What are we going to do to escape? And the uh, prophet Elisha, he said, take a chill pill. And not, that was in the Hebrew. He didn't say that, you know, in, in, in the Bible. But take a chill pill. And he said, Lord, would you open his eyes that he may see? And the Lord opened the eyes of Elisha's servant, and he saw that around them they were protected by a host of angels and chariots of fire that were protecting them. They didn't see it, but they were there. Aren't you glad for God's protection? So many times we don't see it. So many times we have no idea, but there's a spiritual battle going on and there are angels of the Lord who have been sent to protect us. Turn with me, please, to Psalm 34. Psalm 34. I've heard it said before that uh, for some of us, our guardian angels have to work overtime. And for some of us, a little extra. But nonetheless, I'm glad that God has given us angels to protect us. Psalm 34, verse 7. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. That word encampeth, it, literally, it means literally that the angel of the Lord, he pitches his tent right next to you and he protects you from every side, round about. I'm thankful for the protection of God. We were talking, Lacey and Savannah and I were talking the other day and I wasn't talking about this message, but somehow it came up about angels. And I said, girls, I said, absolutely. I said, you have an angel that God has assigned to protect you and, and to care for you. 
And uh, I said, now you can't see them. I said, although sometimes I think God does allow us to see angels unawares. We don't know that's who they are. But in most cases, we never see them. And uh, Lacey was sitting in the back seat and she said, hey, angel, high five, you know. And I said, well, I don't know that you have to high five them. But I said this, I said, girls, I said, those angels, I said, we don't, she, uh, Savannah said, well, do we, do we thank the angels because they protect us? I said, no, I said, we don't thank the angels, but we certainly thank the Lord for sending them. And we th certainly thank the Lord for his protection that he has given us an angel who encamps round about us to protect us. Verse 12, the angels will help to lift you up with their hands and protect you from stumbling along the pathway of life. Psalm 91, verse number 12, they shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. We find the uh, defense that God has given us. Notice with me, if you would, verse 13. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder. The young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. Now, we're, we're talking about defense. I understand that God's going to protect us from the enemies. But here the gears shift. And now God promises that we will be able to trample and we will be able to tread, literally is to stomp over something. I, I picture it like uh, I wasn't there. Um, I was uh, here at the office, but we moved to Roanoke Rapids and Joanna was out working in the yard and there were some snakes. And my wife does not especially care for snakes. That's the understatement of the day right there. She hates them. And by the time I got there, she said, I'll show you where they are. I didn't see anything left of them. She took a shovel and she took a steel rake and I'm telling you that ground was all chopped up and I saw very little evidence of any snakes left. They were gone. They were dead. You know what? They, they, those things got trampled. And the Bible tells us that thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder. An adder was a poisonous snake. Now think about this. Out of all the animals and all the enemies that God chose to use, he chose a snake and he chose a lion. There are two animals in the Bible that Satan is referred to as. He's referred to as a lion and he's referred to as a serpent. Can I tell you, he hates you. He hates me. He wants to destroy us. He's stronger than we are, but we can be victorious over the snake and we can be victorious over the lion because of the promise of our almighty, most high God. He says that we will tread upon the lion and we will trample them under feet. Hallelujah for victory. In the Garden of Eden, it was prophesied that although that serpent would bruise the heel of the woman, that the seed of the woman would bruise the serpent's head. Can I tell you, I'd rather have an injury on my heel than have an injury on my head. And can I tell you, that prophecy was fulfilled when Jesus Christ was on that cross and that serpent, he bruised the heel of Jesus. Yeah, he brought some suffering and yes, he thought he had Jesus down and yes, he thought he had won. But can I tell you on that third day, when that stone was rolled away from that tomb and they saw that the tomb was empty, 
and they saw that Jesus had conquered death and conquered hell and conquered the grave, Satan got his head smashed in. Satan got his head bruised and Satan was conquered and Satan was defeated. And one day, Satan will be defeated once and for all. He will be cast into the lake of fire and he will be trampled underfoot and he will be treaded upon by the Son of God. I'm thankful for the defense we have. But verse number 14, I see lastly, I see the devotion. Now notice verse number 14. It says, because he hath set his love upon me. Now, these psalms were written and these psalms were used many times in songs. And that's, this was their songbook, the book of Psalms. But Psalm 90 and 91, I believe, were written by Moses. But of course, they were used for, for singing and they were used for worship. But when you get to verse number 14, something changes. Because we're talking about God throughout the psalm. God will do this, and He will deliver, and He will, uh, he will uh, uh, defend, and He will uh, be our refuge, and He will be our strength, and, and He will do these things. But notice verse 14. Because He hath set His love upon me, therefore will I deliver Him. Hang on. That's not the psalmist talking anymore. Moses may have started the psalm, but God stepped in and said, let me finish it for you. God stepped in and he said about the one who trusts him, he said, because he hath set his love upon me. Because Moses, because you have loved me, because you have trusted me, because you have rested in me, because you have done that, I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he hath known my name. Well, I tell you what, that had to have been pretty awesome for Moses. As Moses was writing the psalm, and Moses was talking about how good God was, and Moses was talking about all the things that God would do, and God stepped in and said, time out, Moses. Hang on. You're doing pretty good. You're doing great. But I'd like to finish it for you. I'd like to say what I'm going to do for you. I'd like to tell you personally and promise you personally how I'm going to deliver you and how I'm going to protect you. Boy, wouldn't that be wonderful if that would happen in our homes? Boy, we start it and we build them on the Lord and we fashion them after uh, the, the Bible and after the Word of God, but wouldn't it be great if God would just take over and say, let me finish it for you? Wouldn't that be great with our marriages and wouldn't that be great with our ministries and wouldn't that be great with our lives if we would just turn it over to God and say, God, I need you to finish this. God, I need you to take control. The person changes in this psalm. The person speaking changes. This is no longer the psalmist speaking about God, what God will do, but this is God speaking for himself and telling exactly what he will do for the person who sets his love on God. Boy, I tell you, it always gets better when God takes over. It always gets better when we let God have control. So I ask you this evening, have you set your love upon God? It says, because He hath set His love upon me. Have you set your love and your affection on God? It's sad many times as Christians, we fall more in love with the world than we do with God. 
But have you fallen in love with God? Have you set your love on God? Do you know his name? God is speaking here and he said, because he hath known my name. Now I'm glad that I know his name, but I'll tell you, I'm even more excited about the fact that he knows mine. And I'm thankful that we know each other and we have a personal relationship. And God said, because he hath known my name, he shall call upon me, God said, and I will answer him. Number nine, God makes the declaration. God says, I will answer. God says, I will deliver. God says, I will honor him. These are promises that God gives to the person who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. Notice verse number 14. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. I tell you this, I hope God is satisfied in me, but I know for sure that I am satisfied with him. God has been so good. It says God promised that he will satisfy the person who dwells in the secret place, but then it says he will show him his salvation. Boy, I tell you, it truly is God's salvation, isn't it? He's the one that did all the work. He's the one that paid the price. Without him, we would be lost. But it's his salvation that he orchestrated that we get to be partakers of. Aren't you glad you're saved? Aren't you glad you know the Lord? Aren't you glad that not only did he save you, but he said, I want to help you. I want to bless you. I want to protect you. I want to deliver you. I want you to set your love upon me, God says, and I'm going to deliver you. Lord, I thank you for